Welcome back to the Justin C. Gleason podcast. Please consider following, leaving us a great review and rating, and sharing this episode with your friends. I have with me on this show evangelist Bobby Wade. He gives us some key insight into the things that are happening in the times and seasons that we are in. Deep prophetic insight that is going to greatly, greatly bless you. If you would like to give to Evangelist Bobby Wade, I invite you to do so on all of our giving apps that we have. Cash App, PayPal, Venmo. You can find me at Justin C. Gleason. For the next 30 days after this publication, anything that comes in will be a love offering to Evangelist Bobby Wade. So if you want to there in the memo, just simply type in Bobby Wade, and we will be sure to get that to him. So please let the Lord speak to you. Give generously to the man of God, and in doing so, the Lord will bless you. Amen. If you'd like to come to the land of Israel, come with me. I have set up a tour for November 2022. We are going to see the beautiful land of Israel, the land that Jesus lived in, the land that he walked. You will see the very place that the Holy Spirit fell, the upper room. And when you're there, you'll receive a witness that it is the actual place. It's not just some legend from some crusader somewhere, but it is the very place that the church began. So I think it'd be good for you to go and see your origins as a oneness apostolic Pentecostal where it all began. Scroll on down, click the link to samsontours.com, and it will give you all of the great information that you need. My contact information is also in the show notes for you to reference. Podcasting is the future. got evangelist Bobby Wade on the line with us now. Brother Wade, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, life's not so bad, right? No, no, it's not. Yeah. Okay, so you've been talking lately about God hardening men's hearts, right? Has that been on your mind lately? Yes. Okay. It was actually a word from the Lord Hmm. that God gave me. And said that he was going to begin to harden the hearts of the politicians. And he said it would be mm. so that he could multiply his wonders against them. So that the so that it would be a release of a great harvest. And so, because that's what wonders do. Wonders shakes a nation or a principality so that the souls that are in bondage can be released. So that's what God's doing. Wow. So it's like a pattern of Pharaoh in Israel. Yes. So when, it, when God says, I'm going to, going to harden the heart of Pharaoh, how do you define that? Expound on that, please. Well, if you look at the biblical model in Exodus... It, every plague um, did not, with every plague, 
he would say, remove the plague and I'll let the people go. Remove the frogs, remove the lice, cause the water course to go back to normal. And every time God hardened his heart and would not allow him, would not allow him to make a U-turn because God wanted to decimate and destroy Egypt for what they had done to his people. Yes. So it was like a hard heart caused Pharaoh to not have proper judgment. Yes. It was like he... I don't think God put thoughts there that weren't there. I don't think he didn't put emotions there in Pharaoh's heart that weren't there, but instead it was like he froze him to how he always was even before Moses ever came. It's just like this, I'm, I'm going to create a stubborn spirit in him, meaning my what I perform will not change his view of you. Yes. That's not yes. really messing with free will, is it? Um... No, but, you know, you look at Ahab. Um, the Lord says, and I'm paraphrasing a little, but the Lord says, who will convince Ahab to go to battle? So what God was saying was, is that every time I seek to destroy him, he repents. And therefore, he, when he repents, I cannot, I, I can't, my mercy screams out. So he said, who will convince Ahab to come to battle, to the battlefield? And a lying spirit stepped up and then said, I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And the Lord commissioned or allowed that. Yes. And that was ultimately what became the demise of Ahab. Hmm. There is a lot to unpack there, but just just think about God allowing. Well, remember the scripture said in Paul said God sent them a strong delusion. Did he ever? So I think there's a point where God may give you a chance to turn, but when you will not, he will allow your heart to be hardened and he will do it. And, but with Egypt, God wanted to bring the whole system down. Right. It was, it was a whole system. God brought the whole system down. And I would say that that nation to this very minute has never really recovered. No, it hasn't. It was once a fertile land, uh, a prosperous nation, but God judged them. And I think it was even, it was one of the major prophets, I, I Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, one of them that said Egypt shall be a wasteland. And that, and that happened. Used to be fertile. It's never yes, recovered. 
never recovered. Yeah. So I think some people look at that hardening of the heart and say, see, God changes free will. And I'm not so sure it's free will. I think Pharaoh at any moment could have done anything he wanted, but it was like God froze him for a certain amount of time for a purpose. So no matter what, Pharaoh was doing the will of God. So <laughs> so it would not be counted to him as unrighteousness. He is fulfilling the will of God. And and yeah. plus, being a king is different. It's different. And, and God didn't make Pharaoh hate God. He didn't make him... Um, Whatever, he just put him in a place where he would see wonders. That's what's going on right now. Wonders. Yes. Yes. Well, in Acts 8, when Simon went to Samaria, he went down there. And the only thing that would have... Um, you know, the whole city was bewitched. Simon uh, had bewitched the people. And so he goes down there and Philip begins to, in the name of the Lord, work miracles and signs. And it literally breaks the back of the the witchcraft that was upon the people. Yes. So we are going to need signs and wonders in this end time. Because there are so because there are people that are so entrenched in their bondage, it will require a sign. Or or Amen. a wonder, I should say. It will require a wonder. Uh, most people think that they would like the Lord to work wonders in the church. They really don't want that. <laughs> Why is um, that? <laughs> well, they don't want wonders in the church mm. because if God works a wonder in the church, the ground will open up and swallow 250 princes. My Lord. Well, that needs to happen. Some of these complainers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, what they need is, you know, they need some joy in their life. They won't be complaining so much. Yeah. So what well, it's like the temptation, let's go back to Egypt and I think the temptation is let's go back before COVID-19. But I think you're preaching that ain't happening. Uh no it is not happening. No. We will never go back to normal again. And um the the Lord said um a week and a half ago in that prophecy he gave me, he said he said the hour of my church has come. He said, you tell the people to be ready and to stay ready. He said, for the hour of my church has come. And he said, and I will not delay my harvest nor my coming. Mm. So the latter rain and the former rain are coming together. And um, it's exciting. It's exciting. Most people are like freaking out. But, you know, my brother, everything we're seeing in front of us has been predicted and prophesied by the prophets of old and Jesus himself. Amen. And so 
And here's the other thing on the other side of the coin. Paul picks up the 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 pen there in Second Timothy three, and he says, you know, men are going to be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, all those things. One through one through four or five, those were talking about what was going to be in the church. Oh, my God. Those those things would be in the church. Because um, in in verse number four, he said they would be lovers of pleasure, more than they'd be lovers of God. And then verse five, he, he spells it out. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. He wasn't talking about the world. The world has no form of godliness. Hmm. He was talking about it was in the church. Yeah. And now the fatalist and the doom and bloomers would say, oh, man, see there, nobody's going to be saved. Well, that's that's an outright lie. We're going to see and be a part of, not just see it, but we're going to be a part of the greatest harvest that we've ever known. And I believe it's going to be on par with even greater than the revivals we heard about in Ethiopia, these these revivals on foreign soil. And uh, it's going to happen. So I'm excited about it. Yes. Well, the, the signs and wonders are happening in the earth. Look at Luke 21. Jesus said there would be pestilence. Well, I, 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 certainly COVID-19 is, is not the worst pestilence that the earth has ever known, obviously, but it's, it's pretty serious. And then you have wars and commotion going on. A lot of that. Yeah, a lot, a lot ethnicities, of that. ethnicities rising against ethnicities. The King James Version said nation against nation, but... Mm-hmm. But it's ethnos, which is ethnicities, coming against ethnicities. And so we're yeah. seeing it right in front of us. Yeah, it's, it's like, a, you know, a conflict between uh, genealogies, f- family origins, like uh, Shem against Ham. Yes. Uh, th- things like that at ethnicities family origins yep that's that's happening as jesus said and it's easy to look at that and say oh my god (laughs) what are we gonna do but uh, the lord said when you see this don't worry not a hair of your head will be lost Mm -hmm. all the bald brothers say praise the lord and (laughs) and then uh you know jesus said by patience you'll possess your souls you know, keep looking up for your redemption draws nigh. So all these things are supposed to uh, move us to hasten the coming of the Lord. So yes, and yes, just seeing this with the with uh, the the hard heartedness of leaders in the earth. Why are they making these decisions? Well, it's designed by God, and we will see it. We will see it with our very own eyes. Yeah, we could sit and 
we can sit around and complain about it. Um, you can sit around and complain about it and bemoan it, but it's going to happen either way. And so we can either work with God, partner with God in, in the end time. Um, or we can just sit around and with a fatalist mentality and not, and not do anything. Which is which is displeasing to God. Yeah, we have a responsibility. Yeah, kind of still staying in the same vein of what we're talking about. Some time back, you told me about Prophetess Marilyn Chenault, and the Lord visited her and gave her a revelation about things that were to come before the coming of the Lord. Remember that prophecy? Yes. yes, sir. You want to tell us it? Uh, yeah, she said she was in a season of prayer and fasting, and this was 1964. And she said, I was uh, on an extended time of prayer and fasting. And she said, the Lord said to her, because she, she was asking the Lord, what is the sign of your coming? What is the sign of your coming? Tell me what it is. And the Lord said to her that before he comes, the world will have to deal with Islam. Man. And uh, he said, and she was puzzled by it because back then they did not call, call it Islam. They called them, they called them Mohammedans. That's what they called them because they followed the doctrine of Muhammad. Um, but within the last, what, 20 years, it's now the nation of Islam. It's, or, well, we've only really heard it prominently in the last 20 years. It's not been called that in the last 20 years. It's actually been longer, but hmm. so God told her that before he comes, the world will have to deal with Islam. Yeah, in the 60s. Wow. 1964. And obviously, the word of the Lord there refers to terrorism, the the militant Mm -hmm. part of Islam. Because, and and I agree with uh, what President Bush said, we're not at war with Islam. Because, uh, man, we got some uh, Muslims that own restaurants here in town, and man, can they cook. (laughs) And when I go in there, I'm definitely not at war with them, and I can tell they don't like that part, you know, of their people. Obviously, they're trying to be respectful, and, you know, I had a Muslim friend growing up. His family was very nice. We've got active Muslim military, but there is just a group, you know, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, all of them who have a collection of writings along with the Quran that interpret it to believe that they are to wage war on the infidels to conquer and set up a a kingdom for their, I think it's called the Mahdi, their, their, uh, their Messiah. And yes. I, and that's their goal. That's what they want to do. Is that probably what God was saying 
to us, Sister Chenault? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. And but you you mentioned something concerning about what they believed, how that they are to conquer those the and it's a wrong ideology the way they go about it but in essence that's how God created us when we were born again of the water and the spirit we were meant and designed to have dominion right to perpetrate and to bring his kingdom to establish his kingdom on the earth. Yes. And so while the methodology, of course, of extremism is wrong, they they actually believe because they're the seed of Abraham that they should be doing the mm. same. But the, but they've done it wrong. They are hot blooded. These extremists are hot blooded and they, so this is all Bible prophecy being fulfilled. Yes, it but, is. Uh, but Sister Chenault said that the Lord told her before, before he comes, the world will have to deal with Islam. And here we are. Yep, here we are. God help us. God help us. And, and obviously, to be clear, I think anybody with any sense knows we believe this, that it's speaking of the ones who are out to control and invade. You know, they destroy their own people is what they're doing. But I think really yes. they're a portion of what the spirit of antichrist is doing to weaken nations, you know, to weaken nations because that same spirit is in the West, obviously. And there's partnerships and deals happening, <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, well, when you look at, when you look at Hezbollah yeah, over there in Israel, they, those people, those people don't, those people in those in those neighboring those those neighborhoods they don't want to be a part of that they they no. they no more want to be a part of the atrocities no more than no more than anybody else does and yet Hezbollah will use their homes and their schools for munitions caches so no we're not nobody is talking about the Muslim people as a whole. There is a sect among them that has, they literally terrorize their own people. You're absolutely yeah, correct. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's, a, it's about control. No freedom there. You, you know, exert power over their own people. And what they're trying to move forward to doing with the... Uh, the Muslims, um, the ones who are westward, eastward, you know, they're divided. There's, there's even divisions among themselves, but they believe that one will arise and unite them and, you know, conquer the territory that they're, 
or prophets said uh, that they would conquer. So that's that's why the war continues on. A lot of people don't understand the war. Obviously, there's money and territory involved in, but a lot of it is over who is God. They're, they're wanting to establish a kingdom for their God is what they're doing. You know, through through violence. It's not through peace, through violence. And so it yes. looks a lot like Revelation. In Revelation, the great wars that are fought are not over land, oil, any of that. And it's not about vengeance. It's about who is God. That's what the great wars will be about. So that's what we're in the middle of uh, right now. Things happening in Afghanistan all throughout the world, things like that. Jesus said these things would happen. Commotion, nations against nations. And uh, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Continue to pray. And continue to look for the coming of the Lord. God knows what he's doing in the earth. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's exciting. It, it honestly is exciting. Yeah. What God, what God's doing. Yeah, God's at work. We're we're gonna be okay. Yeah. You, know, you were just with us here at our local church, the Life Church in Kansas City, Missouri, and that first night, it was miracle night, and Brother Greg Croca, in our church, was having severe pain in his foot to the point where he could hardly even walk. And you gave the altar call that night, and I saw him walk up there to the front, and I could just feel faith. And I saw you stand right in front of that brother and speak healing over his body, and all of a sudden, uh, Brother Greg began to leap in the presence of the Lord, and God instantly mm-hmm. healed him. And I, I just saw him again at church. He's walking just fine. I mean, Thank totally God. miraculously <laughs> healed. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, there were some notable miracles that happened that night, but that was just like right there, right in front of me, just boom. Yes, sir. Well, on the other side, on the other side of the of the altar area, there was a man that had had been having shoulder pain for eighteen years. God healed him. Mm. Right. He t- That's Ryan Moore. He, test- he testified yes. that God had healed him, and uh, so. God's working miracles, my brother. God's working miracles, and his miracle power is not diminished. And the church cannot become, the church cannot become skeptical. And I will say this, and then, and then I, I just believe that the church cannot become skeptical of the miraculous in this season because they pray for people that have COVID. Let's use that for example. Mm. They pray for people that have COVID and they they don't get healed. Um, and it was the Lord that told me um, because I had been just thinking of that and pondering why is it that we pray and people still die of COVID. And the Lord made me to know that we do not have authority over COVID. Hmm. And because COVID is not a disease, it's a pestilence. Mm. It is a pestilence. Yeah, God never gave us power over pestilence. 
there's one thing that turns a pestilence. And we quote the scripture all the time, but we do not read the verse before it. We quote we quote Second Chronicles 7, 14. We quote that scripture. I don't mean this rudely, but we quote it like a lucky rabbit's foot. Uh, <laughs> if my people, you know, uh, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Yeah. And we go through all that. But we don't read the verse before it. Because the verse before it tells us, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. If I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send a pestilence among my people, the only thing that can turn a pestilence is the repentance of the church. Wow. Man, bro, I feel the Holy Ghost. My Lord. Yep, that's, that's a witness. That's only, it. That's the only thing. And the Lord told me in August of 2020, I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost on this. In August of 2020, God asked me, he said, do you want to know how to turn this around? And I said, yes. And he takes me, he took me to the book of Joel, chapter 2. And verse 15, he said, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, get the elders together, gather the children, get the nursing mothers, get the bridegroom. He leaves nobody out. And then he says, then I want the priests the ministers of the Lord, I want them to weep between the porch and the altar. And I want them to start saying, spare thy people, O Lord. And what was he, he was, what he was saying was, I want there to be a time of consecration. I want there to be a time of rending your hearts and not your garments. I want there to be a time of repentance. And he said, he said, if my people would come before me and, you know, we have a large constituency of ministry uh, in North America, we have in the United Pentecostal Church International, we have over 10,000 ministers in North America. Yes. And the Lord made me to know that if that 10, those 10,000 ministers would come before him at the same time on the same days and they would come and they would repent before the Lord. Then he would turn the tide. He would turn the tide. Mm. And as to my, the best of my knowledge, that never happened as, as a constituency. But I still believe that God's looking for that. Yes, he is. God's looking for that. And so the thing that turns a pestilence is repentance. The thing that brings the thing that brings the gallows down 
the thing that brings Haman's gallows down was three days of of fasting. Esther said, the only way the scepter is going to get extended to me because it's an unscheduled appointment. And she said, the only way we're going to get out of this is if you'll fast with me for three days or else else Haman's diabolical plan is going to come is going to come to fruition but when that nation got before god and and fasting god heard and god turned the tide man that's it and the answer is not having more meetings as it were Thank God for them. But that's not the answer. The answer, the answer is falling on our face and not preaching about prayer and not preaching about repentance, laying on our faces before God and prostrate, asking God to turn the tide. We know God's going to do what he's going to do prophetically in scripture. We do know that. But my brother, the great, the late, the late prophet, the great prophet, Tom Willis Barnes Mm -hmm. said that America existed for three reasons. Number one, it was to send the gospel around the world. Number two, it was to protect the nation of Israel. And number three, to keep the Antichrist from showing up before it's time. Mm -hmm. And as long as there is a, the Lord said to me, he said, he said, when the voice of my church is silent in my courts, the voice of the Antichrist is amplified upon the earth. So. The bride, the Bible said in the book of Revelation that we need the spirit and the bride to say come. Yes. We need the spirit and the bride. Mm. Amen. Wow. Praise God. Praise his name. Praise his name. I feel this. I feel the spirit of God. Amen. The Holy Ghost is with us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Jesus. I just call on your name right now for the earth. Jesus, we bow ourselves. I call on your name right now for this world, Lord. We humble ourselves to you, God. Oh, my Lord. We repent right now of the we sins, repent, Jesus. God, the Not sins only of, of our ourselves, nation. but the sins of this world, the sins of the God, nation, we Jesus. We call Forgive upon us, you Lord for Jesus. Mercy. Of our iniquities, oh, our transgressions. Lord, I pray, God, that you would hear us, that you would see us. And I believe, God, right now you are calling this audience to humble ourselves, to seek you. Amen. Amen. To humble ourselves with fasting, Lord. 
Many of us going without any type of entertainment. Amen. Putting our flesh in total subjection and feeding only the Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray for every man, every woman listening to this, that it would move us to pray. That it would just move us to pray. Amen. To turn this pestilence out. Amen. In Jesus' name. I pray that the spirit of intercession and travail would fall upon us. In the name of Jesus, we ask, Lord. Amen. Bring us back to this, Lord. That's where the power is at. And for all those that do it, Lord, may you bless them. May you bless their family, their household, and their church, we ask you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Wade, we thank you so much for your words. You truly, truly, truly are a great man. A great, great man. Oh, thank you, my brother. Absolutely. Well, I was honored to be on with you today. And uh, thank you so much for the invitation. Sure thing. Your ministry is a blessing to me, our local church, to our fellowship, and to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, evangelist. Bobby Wade.